Craft Beer Radio, episode 312, on November 29th, 2014. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we can do a lot of things, like do a beer show, hopefully without getting totally messed up. We can do a beer show with no handlebars. We can. What are we doing this week? Sorry about last week's show, guys. Well, this would be actually the week. Oh, yeah, the week after. Yes. This whole time travel thing is throwing me off. Yeah, so 311 was recorded prior to 309. And 310. 310, which was the train wreck. (laughs) I'm glad I had Lou and Scott on. Um, never again shall we do a try to do a show after yeah lots of drinking yeah. But <laughs> let's but, skip but, over that all that all that silliness and let's yes. go on to the, the beers we have. This is a beer uh, sent to us by Summit Brewing Company. This is their part of their Union series. This is their Three X Mild Ale. They call it a 19th century English style mild. 7.2% alcohol by volume, 38 IBUs. The malts that we use are an expedition base malt, U.S., with mild ale and amber malt from the U.K., hopped with experimental 06300 from the U.S. Ah, good old 06300. Mm. And they use a Yorkshire ale yeast. Yorkshire ale yeast. All right, so yeah, they call it mild 3X ale. It weighs in at 7.2% ABV, 38 IBUs. So what do they? What do you think they're going for here? Uh, a three X, as far as I can tell, is just kind of a modifier on a mild, right? Because at seven point two percent, three. Okay, it's not quite mm-hmm. three times the alcohol you'd expect for a mild, but it's at least two point something. It, it, could it be in reference to the fact that it's, um. They use an expedition base malt, so there's an X in there, an experimental Oh, hop. okay. I gotcha. Uh, I'm not sure then where the other, th- where the third X comes from. But, yeah, I don't know if this might be like a triple something or it's just right, three X's right. are in. It's sort of an experimental right. beer. Right. So. Don't know. Let's drink. So the aroma on this one, nice and malty, yeah, really. toffee aroma. And it's a, a chocolatey, a sort of a carob type thing coming off of it. Right now it's at 55 and a half degrees Fahrenheit. 13.1 centigrade. People still say centigrade? Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> well, Celsius, I don't know. I, I guess people say Celsius. Yeah, Celsius is the SI unit, right? So yeah. it's Celsius. Hmm. It really does smell different from what you expect from the color, right? The, the color is uh, sort of darker amber, uh-huh. but you don't expect that kind of chocolatiness. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting it. a ton of chocolatey. I'm getting a lot more toffee. I'm getting yes. you know things that you typically get out of uh, mild. Mine's some. Mine, I think, is a little bit more chocolatey on the nose, but just a bit. It's my slightly kind of slightly ashier, a little bit, okay, a little bit more um, of that slightly 
slightly melanoid and doesn't have any booziness on the aroma. It's only 7.2%, right? So it's not super big. Flavor is really nice. You get this big, malt, you know, um, not full body, or moderate body, but this big malt flavor. The bitterness comes through a little bit uh, in the, the mid to late. And uh, Greg's grabbing my glass. Let me take a sip from his. They're different. They're definitely different. Yeah, yours isn't as is multi, right? Oh, mine is. Yeah. Mine seems to have a much more upfront, um, big. Right. We're gonna do a little blend. Big here. kind of chocolate, uh, almost like candy bar note that come out of it. I felt, and yours was more hoppy. That seems more, yeah, more. Now I'm getting more maple, okay. a little bit more maple yeah, syrup, yeah. and it also worked out a bunch of CO two just. Yes, then, that's right? true. So okay, so it, yeah, there's, there's a, I think a, a through line of maple syrup, and then the hops are just sort of bouncing underneath that, mm-hmm. slightly slightly elevating that maple syrup, so that the the bottom of the sweetness doesn't drop out so quickly, uh, or it does drop out quickly rather, and it doesn't turn. It just doesn't, you know, lay, linger there. Yeah, I'm getting... It's different from my first sip, and I like them both for different reasons. Now that it's blended, it has... Instead of, like, just telling a, a pretty... Like, my first sip, it tasted like, you know, there was a maltiness going into bitterness. It was easy to follow. It was enjoyable. Now when I'm taking a sip, there's... It's shooting off a bunch more different directions, right? You're getting some of that cocoa you're talking about. You know, there's the maltiness. You get some of that bitterness. You get the maple. You know, you're getting a lot more things to look at, you know. Now, to me, calling this an English mild is selling it short a bit. I, I think that this is a lot more complex, a lot more... There's a lot more interesting stuff going on here than you would expect out of a, just a plain old English mild. Not that saying English Mountain is a bad style. Right. I think it's a very good style, but it doesn't tend to be very uh, alive with flavor no. like this one is. No, they do call it on the label 19th century English style mild. So they they perhaps could have done some research in, in a more antique style, right? Where, you know, they're not using modern grains where they might be using... I'm not saying what they're using, but what the brewers in the 19th century mm-hmm. used where they used more brown malt. You know, there was more of a... Uh, melanoidin character to the beer, you know, you can imagine things like that, and that kind of makes that kind of fits with what I'm tasting. I think. Reading some of the notes here, they're describing what we should be tasting. Uh, they say stone fruit, eh, not really so much. Molasses, sure. Toffee, yes. Toast, yeah, I can see that. A hint of chocolate, and they say, believe it or not, from the experimental hops. Now, I believe it because we've Chuck, seen yeah. hops do crazy things. Uh, but don't I don't expect that even in the 19th century they had much in the way of hops that gave you chocolate. <laughs> this is a neat beer. I like this. Hmm. Summit's brewed in St. Paul, Minnesota. All right. 
right, let's move on to beer number two. Oh, you got another sip. Um, Which one do you want to do next? I think I'll do the porter next. Okay. So where did this come from? This came... I bought it at Caliente. Okay. So bought it ourselves, picked it up at the Caliente. This is uh, Maine Beer Company in Freeport, Maine. This is King Titus Porter. Okay, so 7.5% alcohol by volume. The malts we used are American Two Row Caramel 40L, Caramel 80L, Munich 10L, Chocolate, Roasted Wheat, and Flaked Oats. Quite a bill. It is hot with Centennial Columbus, very traditional. Hopping in that. Dark, very, very dark. With about two fingers worth of a nice fluffy head. This is in a, um, let's see, it's almost 17 ounce bottle. Um, it's 1.9 1.9 fluid ounces. Um, it has one of those n- narrow necks, right? So the xylus doesn't work in it so well. So we went to our, uh, our backup. Not technically our recommended backup, but that's that's in the other room. So, ooh, that has a lot going on in the aroma. Don't have to really dig deep to no. to pull pull things out. It's delivering them right to your nostrils. So it's kind of a roasty, a licorice, um, with piney hops. That smells. I like that smell. I like that smell a lot. Centennial and Columbus will give you, I think, a lot of pine. Yeah, let me smell yours. I'm not getting too much. Yeah, let's blend. <laughs> I think Greg got all the hops that time. Very interesting. <laughs> we another the last couple shows, or the last couple shows we did in studio, we haven't had as much problem with stratification, and here are the, ver- the first two right off the bat. There's been a few where we've blended, right? But yeah. it seems like we're picking up, we know we notice that it's happened a lot yeah. sooner than we had in the past, right? And I know we've got the suggestion to pour a little bit in each glass and go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I just... I have such an automated muscle memory thing of doing this that I, I have not ever remembered to do that kind of thing. Even mid-show. Even mid-show. <laughs> okay, so now that I blended it out, mine, you know, I was getting a lot of these rich, roasty aromas, and it, it's kind of been tampered a little bit by the hops that came from Greg's glass. But I'm still getting this this neat... Roast, like I said, licorice. It's a little woody now. It's um, yeah, I can see all that. Oh, it smells so good. There's a little bit of of banana on there. I'll keep an eye out for that. I'm not picking it up right now. The uh, iron gun, fifty six degrees on this one, fifty six point eight. It's a little warmer than the last one. It's a bigger bottle. Took long. Yeah, has more mass to warm up. So I think you know this is such a rich and robust beer. I'm going to wrap my hands around it a little bit here before we take a sip. 
haven't had too much from Maine Brewing Company. That's one of the reasons I picked this up when I saw it. Um, I've heard good things about them. Let's see. They say, what we are all about in the back of their label. Making the best beer that we possibly can. We purchase green E-certified energy credits for all electricity. We donate our used grain, yeast, and grain bags to local farmers. We donate 1% of all sales to environmental nonprofits. It's nice of them. Very responsible, yes. Kind of a plain label. You know, it's mostly white mm-hmm. label. has a little... Um, it says King Titus and then has a tiny little one by less than one by one square picture of a gorilla on it. And that's about it. Okay, so now I have to look up King Titus. <laughs> because apparently that's a name of a, of a gorilla. All right, I'm going to take a sip of this beer. Very creamy. The first thing I notice. The roast comes in. Oh, that's a good porter. Hops don't really stand out anywhere. Just gives it a little bit of balance. Late in the aftertaste, the woodiness comes through a little bit. Oh, that's really good. I'm not tasting too much of the licorice I was smelling a lot of earlier. Titus was the silverback gorilla of the Viruga Mountains, observed by researchers almost continuously over his entire life. The subject of a 2008 PBS nature-slash-BBC natural world documentary film, Titus, the Gorilla King. There you go. Bet you he never realized he had a beard named after him. Mm. Since he died in September 2009, probably not. So what do you think? Underneath the... uh, the name is yeah. a little slogan. Yeah, I think it's the brewery's slogan, right? Do what's right. And, you know, from what you said about how responsible they are, it's probably the brewery's slogan. I call it a main brewing. It's main beer company. I just make sure I got that right. I'm actually kind of interested in how similar the through line is between these two beers. Mm-hmm. The, the same... I'm, I'm, Tasting a lot of the same roasty elements, the sort of charcoal-like slight astringency to it, to them both. The hopping is strangely similar, even though, I mean, these these are obviously very old hops, right. and that's an experimental one, but it feels similar. There's more astringency, and it's more... A, just sort of centered on roast here as where the other one was bouncing around a bunch of different flavors. Mm-hmm. But they actually go well together. They in the do flavor. really go well together. You would think we planned such a thing. Um, man, this beer is good. This is one of the best porters I've had in quite a while. The The body on it, I mentioned creamy when I took the first sip. It almost feels like it's nitrogen, nitrogenated. Um, yeah, I got that sort of feeling too. But, it, you know, the, the in the best possible way, right? Because, you know, a lot of nitro beers can feel a little bit washed out or whatnot. Um, this one has such a robust flavor. The The main beer company, they this bottle, this one that's just over a pounder, um, it's really heavy, thick glass, right? So it allows them to do higher carbonation levels if they so choose. Um, this one isn't zingy, but maybe... 
somehow they you know use that to their benefit to make it more creamy. I don't. Well, know. Well, this is bottle condition. Okay, so it's you know based on right. However, it turned out. Well, they kind of know how it's going to turn. They out. know how it's going to turn out, but I, but right. it, there are situations that could limit how it does eventually turn out. But who knows? Say, enjoy oh. this beer fresh. Hoppy beers do not age well. It doesn't taste particularly hoppy to me. Might have some age on it. But it's delicious. So there's a production code here on the side. Um, it was uh, bottled. Oh, no, drink. Yeah, drink within 90 days of the date. The born on date. It was born on May 13th. Mm. So, yeah, we're drinking it a little past 90 days. But really, I ain't complaining. No, it's very good. You know, uh, I don't like a hoppy porter as much as I like this thing. Yeah. I, I think I think I agree that uh, hoppy porters, I, I find they tend to over hop. And so they tend to, to miss out on what makes porters special. Do we know what the ABV is on the Grand Crew? The Grand the Crew ABV is 10%. Actually, this one doesn't say an ABV either. 9.5. All right, I guess we'll do that one first. Helltown Brewing has their 2013 barley wine. 9.5% alcohol by volume 50 IBUs. Helltown is here in Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania. By here, I mean relatively close. Yeah, it's a local brewery. Pittsburgh Brewery. Pittsburgh Metro Brewery. This uh, the reason we're doing this beer on the show tonight is because I knocked over the bottle the other day and the cap came slightly ajar and it was leaking out the cap. So I put it through my capper and recrimped it back down. It seemed tight, but I wanted to drink it at the mm. next opportunity. Malts, optic, and dark crystal hops, nugget, East Kent Goldings. Okay, and also I picked this beer up at Giant Eagle. So it's an English-style barley wine ale, and it's aged on oak and maple. So probably maple wood. Yeah. Instead of, like, maple syrup. Right. But maple you, syrup isn't added. Right, right. But you don't wood. normally hear of on maple. You know, that's that's something. I want to point it out just because, you know, come across that every day. So do you think it was... It, I think that, judging by what they say, probably they threw planks in, is my guess. Cubes, planks, yeah. spires, something, right? They make those spiral cut things. You oh, know, yeah, Lots yeah. and lots of surface area. You know, so those are something brewers commonly use. Or it's staves from barrels. Mm-hmm. They break a barrel apart, throw the staves in. Or it's cubes from like a homebrew shop type situation. Chips, those kinds of things. It's a little hot on the nose, just a bit. Yeah. There's uh, some, I think there's some of that maple coming through. Yeah, the first thing I'm smelling is a lot of, um, let me take another sniff. It is hot in the nose. I'm getting, um, some fusel alcohols, I think. It's either that or it's a ton yeah. of, or a yeah, ton it's, of phenolics. it's starting to get a slight bit of nail polish, just yeah. a bit. Yeah, it's either fusel alcohols or a ton of phenolics. Hmm. Now I'm getting yeah something that's coming across like uh, like band aid just not what you want to smell has a very high carbonation level 
kind of like you know when something gets in there and starts fermenting it you know re-fermenting it, it has a really zingy thin body it tastes like that too it tastes yeah. like it's got there's a really really sweet component to it that's it's a little um it, <laughs> it's a combination of of like green apple uh and mm, uh like a very sweet maraschino cherry or something like that yeah yeah i mean the beer is obviously infected um i want to spend just a minute on it because i think there's a little bit of value in talking about infection uh and what we're tasting but then i don't want to spend a long time on reviewing this beer yeah so when you taste it right you huge amount of carbonation on this thing it's almost all zing you get a little bit of the cherry flavors really not tasting anything all that malty, right? And they're calling this beer an English um, barley wine. It should be all malt. Whatever got in there, chomp, 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 ate away any malt character that was mm-hmm. in this beer. Yeah. Kind of explains why the cap was uh, got leaking with a little a jarman, right? There was probably a ton of head pressure in there. This is something that, you know, small breweries have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it, it's... It's harder. It, it is harder to control these things when your operation is relatively small. Okay, let's pause because I didn't bring the dump bucket in. Okay, and we'll rinse and we'll move on. Maybe we'll grab another beer and add it to the show. All right, it's time for the part of the show that you've all been waiting for, although we just started being waiting for it. That's the big grand crew off that I'm sure will be mentioned in the title. <laughs> so. <laughs> Now we have uh, Yards Grand Crew and Alesmith Grand Crew. Two Grand Crews. Head to head. Which one do you want to do first? Battle Royale. I say we I think go with the Alesmith because that, that's the one that's been out for longer. Okay. So it had more time to warm or up. Or should we so. just flip a coin? <laughs> Don't want to play favorites. Let's randomize I'm it. Not ra- I'm not playing favorites. just saying the Alesmith has been out for longer. Just give this time to warm oh, up. Oh, oh, oh. When you said out for longer, I thought you meant like no, 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 on the market or something. Okay, no, you meant out. Gotcha, makes sense. So the Alesmith comes in this. Alesmith has beautiful bottles, right? They beautiful do. seven milliliter bottle, nice thick glass. Silk screen too. You can use it. Silk screen, I can use the. These ones are hard to bottle cut because the shoulder is so low. But I did it with a speedway style uh, bottle. Foil cat, a uh, foil neck thingy-majig cap all right so this is a belgian style ale 10 percent alcohol by volume 17 ibus uh improves with age yes they say that's uh kind of all they tell me about it i picked this beer up at house of a thousand beers we don't get alesmith here in pittsburgh natively so this this was one of the beers where they uh, go across state and pick it up out in Philly. So that means the Pittsburgh price is nineteen dollars and ninety five cents. It was bottled on November eighteenth, twenty thirteen. So it's just a little over a year old. Again, you don't have to worry about freshness for something like a Grand Cru. Right? Ages, yes. 
so the aroma is kind of quadruple-like, right? That you're getting some some prunes. There's a lot of there's still a lot of carbonation. Yeah, we're getting yeah. a lot of carbonic on this. Uh, yeah, some prunes. There's a little bit of oakiness in in the aroma too, but I'm, but that could be just the carbonic. Ooh. So I don't 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 expect too much, but I'm smelling. I started smelling. It went from the prunes. It went to cherry, and then to like tangy cherry. So like the last sniff I took was almost like the sniff you get off of Flanders, right? Not saying it's sour. That probably is I not. I don't sour. smell that. Not at smelling all. that. Okay, that was just my imagination running away. With I me. think so. I think so. Okay, now actually, now I'm back to prunes. Yeah. You, you you grounded me. No, it was just something I was smelling. It really cherry. Like I thought I I started smelling something that, and I was trying to search the data banks on what cherry based item it was. Right, and I took another sniff to to try to focus that so i could make this really neat call of this item and i didn't smell it anymore and i smelled something that was going towards flanders or sweet you know what there's there's something in here that i don't want to make this sound bad but there is a very deep maltiness combined with sort of a cherry that gives me something that is with a slight bit of alcohol aroma is Kind of weirdly reminiscent of Robitussin. I don't want to make okay. that like, right, like right. It, it's, it smells like Robitussin. It doesn't, but there is a component that was there that was like, oh, I do recognize that. <laughs> That's a memory I can pull. Mm-hmm. So I just took another sniff. I'm all over the board here. I just got some woody, like a birch. I got. This one has a great aroma. It keeps giving you things. Yeah, and, and the. The slight bit of alcohol that's there is actually helping it volatilize some of those aromas. Hmm. Smells good. Let's take a sip. Mm. Oh, that is good. Hmm. Get some ripe pear. Really, uh, 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 also a deep molasses th- mm-hmm. through on top of these, you know, like you said, ripe pear, like that. There's a little bit of, there's some cherry-like notes. There's a sweetness there, too. I'm trying to figure out what it is. It tastes like a quadruple. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, benchmark for people. It's their grand crew, but it really tastes like a quad. It, it tastes a little. It doesn't quite taste as as full, I guess, as some quads that I've had. But that's not that's necessarily a, a knock against it because it's not a quad. It, it's right. it's a different style. I've had some quads that are comparable with this. I mean, the high carbonation level, mm-hmm. the you know, the moderate body, especially the the pear and prune type flavors. You know, it definitely has that that yeast character. Going plums, plums, plums. Yeah, I think it's more plum than prune. I think there's okay. it's more of a fresher, more refresher taste. I think. I suppose you could go either way with it. Yeah, for me, like I said, I think the pears are the fresh flavor, and the prunes are more of a dried flavor. But it's kind of splitting hairs, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't want to make a you know you big know, deal about yeah, it. Dates are there too. There's yeah. all, all those, you know, stone fruit are generally. Which it, these types of beers go in that direction with the Belgian yeast and everything, right. push, putting up some these, these oh, that's stuff that's very nice. 
not a huge amount of like spicy phenols, but a bit. There's sort of mm-hmm. a little bit of nutmeg, I think, in there, and uh, a pinch of kind of cinnamon, but the the phenols aren't really right. jumping so much. Yeah, it definitely has. It's a industry fruity beer. That's good. I like that a lot. Maybe even ends in a little bit like a semi-sweet, like chocolate. I could see that. Yeah. Maybe a touch of like it doesn't have it doesn't have the bitterness of an unsweetened chocolate, but it kind of has some of that feel, right? Yeah, it has like just the slight tang that a chocolate yeah. can give it, a darker chocolate. Hmm. Okay, so what would this go with? Hmm. Some kind of gamey meat. The bottom of your turkey. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Thighs. Yes, yes. Goat. I always say duck, right? But, I mean, it, yeah, it's, just, it's kind of the go-to for gamey yeah. meat. That's, that's kind of why I tried to stay away from duck. Goat... Um, it wouldn't venison. really go. I was I was thinking it might not go so well with venison you because so? venison's kind of lean, right? Yeah, something a little more fatty. Pork shoulder, you know, that would go well with this. Um, huh. I could yeah. see this. What about like like some like grilled pears and vanilla ice cream <laughs> yeah yes sure <laughs> <laughs> but i think the pears like you, you caramelize some pears you grill them and caramelize some pears i think that character would go really well i with think this you're stuff. right i think yeah uh, i said pears but i mean peaches peaches but uh well, pears would work too pears too yes yes i meant peaches the whole time i was saying pear <laughs> you both start with p let me use search and replace to fix that as soon as they come up with that for audition yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I really want, this is a post-show topic, but is uh, I want, and this will be also be the end of our lives, I think, but it would be really cool to have a search engine that could index audio. Well, Google does <laughs> it for pictures, right? I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, the problem is the audio is a lot more difficult to figure but out but once our post show is all indexed in a search engine <laughs> uh yeah, yeah yeah like you say one one or 90 it'll, it'll all work people will go back and they'll still be doing the show over 90 so yeah an episode you like it or not we'll still be doing it in episode four thousand. all right so that was grand crew number one a very nice showing from Al smith yards you got some stiff competition here in the grand crew off Nine, I'm sorry, go ahead. 9.9% alcohol by volume, 50 IBUs. Uh, significant ingredients. Belgian Pilsner malts and a classic Belgian yeast. Pairings. If you have a reason to celebrate, then you have a reason to pair your joy with Grand Cru. <laughs> well, we have a reason to celebrate. It's Craft Your Radio Week. Yeah. In time. So this is a much different looking beer. This is a the other one was was darker, kind of a reddish. This is well, it, it, I mean, they said they use Pilsner malts. It's kind of a yeah, um, an orangey, you know, yellowish to orange sure. color. Grand Cru's are not 
all quadruples. Yes, right. They tend to be more multi. They tend to be tw- closer to a quadruple. But, but that's not, not at all. All quadruples. Yeah. The, the Grand Cru is really whatever they want it to be. I mean, literally, it's the best. The best. Yeah. It's the be- And it's probably Flanders, right? Um, it's some, one of those languages. It's not French. Maybe it is French. I don't know. But it's it's one of those languages they speak in Belgium. And it's a Belgian... It's the best beer a Belgian brewer makes. So when American brewers, like these guys are making Grand Cru's, they're almost always going to be a Belgian style, yeah. an homage type thing. I mean, if you're doing it completely literally, your triple IPA could be your Grand Cru. Right. But, I mean, yeah, usually they don't take it. I mean, like, I don't know if Yards would say their Grand Cru is the best beer they make. I mean, they will say, you know, they love their Grand Cru, I'm sure, but I don't know if they'll say this is the best beer that we make, period. So not using it as literal as the Belgian brewers did. But it's... Neither is Al Smith. I think think what these guys are saying is it's a very special Belgian-style beer. Or at least that was their intention. Uh, Do we... This is available May through August, so this is something that's not, uh, not easy to. I mean, it's not you're not available. Probably won't be able to get it now. This is when it, I like how like be tempted, but please be responsible. <laughs> the South Park thing. I keep thinking of. <laughs> please drink responsibly. All right, yeah, so the calibration from the last one to this one, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for us. It doesn't have the giant exploding aroma that, that the L. Smith had. It also is a little bit colder, so let's give it some yeah, time yeah, to, to warm right. up. The thermogun. So we, we went from L. Smith, which is in California, to Yards, which is in uh, Philadelphia. We're only at 52 right now. Yeah. I saw... Uh, I saw a thing talking about recommended serving temperatures on Twitter this week, right? And this is what precipitated that tweet to you about the fourth law of craft beer radio, right? Oh, yeah, we never even talked about that. Yeah, I want to talk about some of the tweets. But, yeah, so the, the fourth law, right? The I, That's what I coined as the fourth law. We can have, we're actually going to decide whether we ratify it right now. You're hearing history as you... <laughs> I, in, and and I, my response is I don't think it's a law. I, I think that it's it's more important than a law. It's a theory. Well, you know, I mean, you know, we use law because of our science bend and, you know, that's, you know, there's the laws of thermodynamics, right? Right. But it, they could be craft beer radio truisms, you know, yeah, they could be, you know, our laws are, you know, tend to be more like Murphy's law, that kind of thing. They're, they're more <laughs> colloquial in, right, in, right. in their usage. So, so the, for, what I propose to Greg to be ratified is the fourth law of craft beer radio is that beer should always be drank eight degrees warmer than their suggested serving temperature. And I say that that's really more of a theory than a law. I mean, I think that's that's the general theorem of craft beer radio, is drink your beer warmer than they say on the bottle. I think that... that and, and I didn't pull eight degrees out of my rear. I did careful consideration before I made that tweet. I spent a whole six minutes wow. thinking about it. But eight degrees is really the spot it's it's you know if you take the range of like 52 to 55 and add eight degrees to that that's mm-hmm. that's where we think you should drink it so but i mean the reason why i think that's our laws are you know kind of funny little asides but this is an actual this is something <laughs> that i did i'm 100 percent with you on saying yeah if you really want to enjoy the beer drink it you know at at least 
at that much to you know if you want to do I don't know if enjoys it, but if you really want to analyze the beer and get, I think, what the maximum um, ability to analyze out of it, then it has to be a lot warmer than they say on the bottle. And I think that is, you know, no joking around. That is, uh, I don't know of a beer that doesn't fit that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the craft beer. And, and and well, I would say, you know, laws exist to be broken, right? I mean, there's going to be certain... I'm not even talking about industrial beer. I mean, there's going to be a certain pilsner out there, yeah, that tastes really good at 45 degrees. Sure, sure, but I mean, you know, theory is an overarching, uh, overarching framework right. that everything sort of fits into. Right. If we find something that violates the theorem, then the theorem is then we have to either address the theorem or, or you know, supersede it. But right now, I don't know of a beer that uh, doesn't fit that. Right. So ratified. Fourth law? Not a fourth law. Not a law. No, you're not going to let it's it... A, it's the craft beer radio theorem. Okay. All right, well, we're up to 62.2 right now. At least I am. Let's see how much heat your palms put into your beer. 62.6. We're like pretty much even. Yeah, okay. If you're wondering how we're taking these temperatures, we have this infrared thermometer. It's a newbie. Got on Amazon. And it's like less than 20 bucks. If you go to the Crafty Radio, you'll see a link to the uh, Amazon store, and that's where we put all our favorite products on there. We have the, the Xylus Stoppers. Hey, there's, there's the commercial music. I, I preempted the commercial. We got the Xylus Stoppers. We got the Spiegel glasses. We got the Newbie Thermometer. All our drinking peripherals that we use to, to enjoy beer is available, and... That's a link, which everyone might not know about this. On our website, if you go to the front page of Craft Beer Radio, there's a, a tiny little link, which I really should draw more attention to, called the Amazon, the Amazon Store. And it's this curated web page that Amazon makes, and it's where you can pick all your items. So you can kind of browse through the list of all the stuff I just said. And uh, to just finish the commercial, when you're doing your holiday shopping, today is Small Business Saturday, you can actually... Support a small business and shop at Amazon by using our referral link, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's it. That's it. Today is Small Business Saturday. Nice nice pickup. Yes. All right. So back to the yards. It won't be Small Business Saturday when you yeah, listen to this. That's, that was kind of what I was laughing at. <laughs> <laughs> that and there's two hours left now in Small Business Saturday. So Amazon's open 24-7. They are. They're not exactly small business. But they're supporting us. Six and a half percent. Maybe se- if we sell like eight more products this month, we get seven percent. We don't have much time. <laughs> Got a day. <laughs> One day, sell eight products tomorrow. All right, yeah, so this is warmer. The nose is still not as open yeah. as the Alesmith. Uh What I am smelling is... Here's where I'm smelling like banana peel. Mm-hmm. I'm smelling kind of a wheaty type aroma. Reminds me a little. It's not very clovey. It's more like a. It does remind me a little bit hefe, but it's like one with a lot of esters and not much clove. Yeah, the it, it we're getting a lot of these estery Belgian aromas coming off, mm-hmm. and, and it's giving. It's giving very similar esters, but the the base beer is very different. So there's 
interesting sort of it's like when you see two two colors and there's another color transposed upon it it can look very different the color right. is transposed upon it based on the background color so while the esters are very similar mm-hmm. the background makes them gives them a different context right so one thing that i'm noticing is while i was getting a lot of pear very ripe fresh pear in the elsmith this one's more of a dried pear you know, like, you know, when you get that mixed fruit bag from yeah, Costco, yeah. right? You get those dry pear halves, right? That's that's what I'm smelling here. There's something a little mineral in the aroma, too. It's, I don't want to say chalky because that's kind of a pejorative. Of that but lovely there's... Philadelphia water, <laughs> which is probably the worst <laughs> tasting well, no. water. I, I've talked to Philadelphia brewers about the water, and... Let's see where, where's yards? I'm trying to think where in the city yards is. I haven't actually. I haven't been Delaware to Delaware Avenue. I haven't been to the Yards Brewery actually, um, but there's two watersheds in, in Philadelphia. It's kind of split down the center, and if you're on the west east west side of town, they have um, one kind of water. I, I'm trying to remember the details. If you want to go back through the archives and find the interview I had during Philly Beer Week with Triumph Brewing Company, I'm pretty sure that's when we talked about Philadelphia's watershed and the two different water sources they have. Well, one of them is terrible. <laughs> one of them is just awful. And one of them, I guess, is better. I don't know. But Why do you say one of them is so terrible? And why are you being so brazen with this when a brewery is going to have filters and things like that anyway? That's that's exactly what I was just going to say. A brewery has filters and stuff so they can control their water. They can they can control what they're doing with it. So I doubt that really the water is, is making as much a difference as, as you know, I'm putting on. But because my parents grew up in my, – my mother grew up in Philadelphia. My parents were lived in Philadelphia a long time. I would live in Philadelphia for a bit very early I, I used to go there all the time because my grandparents lived there and taste their water and compared it to where what it was in maryland what it was in new york what it is in pittsburgh philadelphia water was by far the worst were you west philadelphia born and raised i uh not raised but by the born. playground did you spend most of your days <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on to the flavor. The aroma isn't opening up. I, I've said all there is to say on that. Okay, so it's a very different beer, but it's a very pleasant flavor. It's it's more of a triple, right? Yeah. Or or maybe a golden nail. It's somewhere in there. Probably not a whole triple. Maybe a, a two and a halfer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's sweet. It's got some you know honey kind of mm-hmm. notes to yeah. it. It, without being like mead like, without having that, uh-huh, right, right. Uh, it has you know a little bit of that pear. Some of that, some of those esters are coming through that. Some of the banana and the pear, but there's also um, there, there's a there's a good amount of hoppiness on here, right? There's there's a decent hop that I'm trying to pick out what kind it is. I'm I'm gonna say just as a just kind of similar nugget. And okay. what it's giving me, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. I'm not really picking up the hops too much on mine. One thing I was kind of curious about, I was tasting it, and I was getting a lot of the booziness, or the alcohol volatility. I mean, it's not a, it's not so much a boozy beer, but I was at a part of the flavor where I was really tasting the, the alcohol. <coughs> Excuse me. And I was kind of analyzing it, and 
had a nice depth to it. It was kind of rummy. You kind of got this kind of cane sugar type mm-hmm. type feel on it. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so it, I got this kind of feel of you know like uh you know some of the rums that I've had in the past. So I mean that was kind of nice. I mean and it was all a pleasant experience. I wish I had a better vocabulary to kind of talk about that, but it, it was it was definitely noteworthy. I'm not so much getting eh, maybe on that. No, I'm not so much getting rum. Uh, I, I do like your triple call. I think it's closer to that, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's something a little. It's still a little distinct that it's not so much a triple. It's its own beast. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's interesting using the pilsner malt. Maybe, maybe giving it a little bit of um, a slight DMS that I think actually kind of works here. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's there's there's just a, a, there's a fair, bit. Am, fair amount of banana that carries through in the flavor. Yeah, you know, we talked about banana peel and stuff and the aroma and and I was talking about like ester jefe type aromas as well. Banana carries through in the flavor fairly well. It's kind of like a, it's not a super ripe banana. It's it's just ripe or you know maybe slightly. I wouldn't say underripe. I would say just ripe banana. It almost plays with uh, the alcohol to almost come across it, slipe it like a banana liqueur, almost like a ninety-nine bananas or something like that. But but it's it's not, you know. But you don't taste that hop at the end. You don't taste that that I, I think kind of somewhat stronger hop than than, than I, I, would I have don't. But or there might I be a stratification used. thing. I don't have enough left to blend what we're tasting. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna top off here just a little bit. Hmm. Well, it's it's okay, but I, I think I I think that uh, not the winner of the Grand Crew off to me. No, I, I I yeah, I don't think it's the winner. I think it it's definitely respectable, right? I yeah, mean, sure. It you could easily imagine if you're not coming out against that one as well. I really like the yards. I think it's it's a well done beer. It's probably one of the most interesting beers I've had from Yards. And, uh... But yeah, it's up against the Smith Grand Crew. That being said, we got the Grand Crew off, and then we have some other really good beers that we did yes. tonight. And, like, this main brewing company, main, main beer company, Porter, that was awesome! It's very and, good. And then the Summit was really good, too. The Summit was excellent. The Summit was excellent. So, yeah, ranking is tough. I liked all four beers were winners. Uh, even though when you just look at a list of four beers in a row, one of them is going to seem like a bit of a loser, right? Yeah, we're not going to count the uh, Helltown in this because it was spoiled, so we can't yeah. give a, a good evaluation of it's, that. It's been redacted from the uh, from the notes. Hasn't been redacted from the notes, yeah. but it has been redacted from the rankings. All right. So, yikes. So, Jeff, I so, can go first if you don't want to. You can. I mean, I'm trying to figure it out, right? I, I got my top two. I'm trying to figure out... Well, yeah, I definitely have my... Actually, do I have my top two? I might, I might throw a curve here. You go. I'm going to think right. about it. All right. Well, I, I'm... 
I don't know if mine's going to match yours. I, I'm not as enthused by the Yards Grand Crew as you are. Just not. And so I'm going to rank it my number four. And it, it it's decent, but I was kind of expecting more. I mean, I understand the Americanized version of Grand Crew is not the best beer you make. I get it. But I was expecting a little bit something something more special than this. So just sort of, this kind of tastes like, oh, we're just going to make an interesting Belgian style and throw it out there, but call it a Grand Crew. You know, if you're going to call it a Grand Crew, you should put, I think, a little bit, a little bit more specialness into it, and I didn't really get that from it. And so that's working against it already. And then the other three beers I thought were better anyway, but still, all that worked against it to to hurt a little bit in my mind. So, that, so it makes the Yards my number four beer. My number three beer is going to be the King Titus. I did like it a lot. I, I think I liked it less than Jeff did, but I liked it. Um, I don't know if I would agree with him that it was you know one of the better porters that, that he's had in a lot while. I think I've had better porters recently, but very very good. I'm curious to what extent it was you know bigger hopped when it was fresh, and if that would hurt it or help it. Because they say, you know, it's hoppy. That could be just something they put on all their mm-hmm. labels. I don't know. So, main number three. Number two is the Alesmith Grand Crew. Uh, I, I did like the Alesmith a lot. I enjoyed what was going on with it. I like this sort of Belgian stuff that, you know, sort of, the uh, the mm-hmm. very much Belgian stuff that was coming mm-hmm. through, the interesting flavors. But, man, that Summit 3X... There was a lot going on there, uh, a lot that I really enjoyed about that, and I, I want another one. Uh, it's well, very, we, very good. We have good. more of those, so we can definitely <laughs> have another one. Okay, so I was thinking about it a little bit more, and uh, and hearing Greg describe them helped me remember some memories and whatnot. Excuse me, a little gassy right now. Um, I'm going to put the uh, the yards in fourth place. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think it was a very good beer. Price point ten ninety five at House of a Thousand Beers for your Grand Crew. It is a beer that's available in local markets, so it's you know Pennsylvania prices. That's not too bad for seven fifty. Um, you know, there's there's beers I like from Yards. Uh, you know, their Philadelphia Pale Ale, their Brawler, which is a session beer. It's like three point two percent. Really good. You know, they're Belgian beers. You know, they make Yard Saison. They made it forever. It's not... It's it's not a very interesting... Say. Actually, you know what? I probably haven't had that thing in like four years. But last time I had it, it was not a very interesting Saison. It was an American, Belgian-style beer without much rusticness, without much complexity. I thought this one, compared to the last time I had Saison, it, I thought it was pretty good but yeah i mean it, i'm put to put it in fourth place because compared to some of these other beers uh it just was good not great um in third place i'm gonna put the summit i really like the summit uh it, it's more of a testament of the beers above it this is uh Really nice beer. Uh, this is the Mild 3X Ale. It had a lot of lot going on in there, right? Absolutely. And I, I would love to say in a small package, a 7.2, it's not a small package, but it, there was a lot of really good stuff to, to taste in that beer. Um, 
check it out. It's probably fairly available out there. Uh, we just got it in the mail, so it's probably the beginning of the of the release. I would say check this one out. Um, number two, I'm going to put the Alesmith. Really liked it. Um, really into that Belgian quad flavors. But again, it's second place because of testament to how much I loved the main beer company, uh, King Titus Porter. I just thought this was, like Greg said, it's one of the best porters I've had in quite a while. This was everything I was looking for in a porter. I'm curious about what a fresh one tastes like that is kind of hoppy. Um, but part of me never wants to taste that beer. Part of me just wants to have this one, right? <laughs> I mean, part of me wants to, to have what the, the beer that was in this bottle. I just thought it was superb. I thought it was immaculate. I loved it. Um, it was amazing. Almost a wow beer. Um, very good. And uh, that's my ranking. All right, well. Well, welcome to the end welcome. of your radio. <laughs> Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you would like to contact us, you can contact us on Twitter. Uh, we have a shared account, at Craft Beer Radio. Uh, if you want to contact us individually, I am at Jeff Bearer. At CBR Greg. If you want to email us, it's beer at craftbeerradio.com. And uh, who's, who's this? Uh, Flowbots. The Flowbots. Through a telescope. I like this song. It gets it's a, a little dark song. here in the end, though. I mean, the whole point of the song is, you know, you start with, start small, get big, and yeah, it gets bad. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Radio. We really do appreciate it. And uh, have a great holiday season. And use craftbeer.com slash Amazon. <laughs> <laughs>